You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me on today's episode is Fred Owens. Good evening. And uh, Fred, we um, obviously have had a very slow week here for the Atlanta Braves with two off days. Kind of weird uh, at the end of April having these two off days. Normally, you know, you do have a lot of off days earlier in the season, uh, but now we're kind of at the end of April. Kind of a weird break in the schedule with these two off days um, so it almost feels like an, an all-star type of week the Braves really aren't playing a ton of games they did go to, to New York and were able to uh, split a pair of games with the Yankees so always nice to go up there and get a win against them although they're they're struggling pretty much everybody's beating them right now we'll t- we're going to talk about some injury news on today's podcast we'll also get into some uh, bullpen discussion and we'll talk about uh, Riley, um, just a, a hot topic right now, and then we'll preview some of the upcoming series for the Braves. Uh, but let's jump into the injury updates because there are a lot of them. Uh, we'll start with the starting pitching, uh, and two that concern me the most are obviously Max Fried and Mike Soroka, as they're currently not throwing, and we don't have a timetable for when they could return. Uh, Brad, these are two guys you know expected to be top of the rotation starters for the Braves this year. So really hurts to be without them for any, you know, significant period of time. And really with Soroka, I mean, no telling when he could come back at this point. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem with a shoulder. You never really, never really know when it's going to be good enough to pitch again. Uh, and uh, shoulders, shoulders are an issue, and I worry about it because he lost 2018 with a shoulder, um, and now that shoulder's back again. And okay, maybe it's not related. Maybe it is, but. Shoulder injuries tend to be um, shoulder injuries that tend to be dangerous, and if they keep being recurring, it could be a problem. Uh, the um, Max Fried's injury, I'm not worried so much about that. Um, that was just that's a pulled muscle, and there, I heard somewhere that um, he was maybe carrying that a little bit before he started the game, which would sort of explain why he wasn't his usual self. 
for the first two games. So maybe that injury was there ahead of time. But if you give that time to heal, he'll be fine. Uh, I, I, I do worry most about Soroka than, than anything else. Um, Chris Martin, yeah, he'll be back maybe next week. But uh, those two starters bother me. Soroka bothers me more than Freed because I think Freed will be back. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, moving to the bullpen, guys on the injuries list, um, you know, Chris Martin, like you said, could be back next week. Sean Newcomb could be back next week as well. Um, so certainly, you know, hopefully good news coming for them that we could get them back. Uh, the one starter I didn't mention, uh, who uh, maybe some people might not be quite as excited about him coming back, and that is Drew Smiley. He's going to be making his start on Saturday against the Cubs coming back off the IL. So, uh, Alan, I believe you have joined us now. Uh, what were your thoughts on some of the injuries and uh, the Soroka and Freed injuries in particular? How worried are you about those? And are you excited about Smiley coming back off the IL this weekend? Excited is exactly the word I might use. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Smiley is who he is. He was supposed to be the innings eater, and, and some of the time he's been doing that, I guess, but uh, he hadn't gotten a lot of support uh, overall. The the real thing I kept thinking of this week with the injuries and such is that, you know, we've been right. Um, we've talked about the fact that there isn't a whole lot of depth to this team, and if we got a bunch of injuries, then we might be in some trouble, and that has befallen us, although it turns out there was some trouble bef- even before that started. But uh, the the real trick is that we, we don't have a lot of depth, and if these guys don't hit, then there's not going to be a lot of support uh, coming from, from the pitching side. The 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 thing last year is that the team was built more or less around the bullpen. I think it was essentially understood at that point that we were not real good shape in the starting rotation and the bullpen had to pick everything up. That more or less happened. This year, uh there was an emphasis on the starting pitching and less on the bullpen and I think we've seen how the the bullpen failures have have contributed to some of the losses that we've seen here and so that sort of calls into question to me at least uh the thinking about how to construct this roster to begin with I think it was a little penny wise and pound foolish at least in in some respects that way uh and now we've seen what happens when you get injuries in the bullpen to compound the fact that we're a little short of the bullpen. So overall, I, you know, we've got a team that's not entirely squared away yet still. They, they haven't found that groove, haven't found a track, and it's been because of stuff like this. And it's just going to be a continued pattern unless they uh, go out and figure out how to get things uh, patched together until, I guess, probably the trading deadline and then see what happens at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could say hindsight is twenty twenty, but, uh, I mean, Braves, Braves fans and a lot of Braves um, you know, even beat writers were talking in the off season, you know, you spent 11 million on Drew Smiley, but you didn't do anything to fix this bullpen. Um, or not really fix the bullpen, but just to back it up. I mean, they had good arms out there. I mean, I felt good about the bullpen coming into the season, but I knew if one or one of those top four guys, you know, and Will Smith, Chris Martin, uh, AJ Minner and Luke Matzik, you know, got hurt or if they had regret, you know, regression, because obviously they kind of, you know, as far as Matzik and uh, Minter kind of surprised us last year, you know, one of those guys get hurt, one of them regresses, then this bullpen's in trouble. And that's, 
essentially what has happened so far. So, uh, and Nuka's been, you know, a good surprise out there in that bullpen. I shouldn't even say surprise. He's been good when he's been in that bullpen role, uh, but certainly has been good, good to see him out there. Uh, unfortunate, you know, that he's had to sit out the past couple of games. But, uh, yeah, the bullpen has been an issue. We, we knew it possibly could be coming into the season. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see how that gets fixed up going forward. Was there something else you wanted to add, Alan? Well, yeah, I was just thinking it's, again, it's about the construction of the team. And I have to wonder if part of that was just a philosophy change to emphasize the starting pitching more than the bullpen, knowing that they couldn't spend the money on both, perhaps. And if that's the case, then that explains it. It doesn't uh, necessarily excuse it, but it it at least explains it. The fact that uh, if you spend the one in, money in one area and you don't have it for another area, then you know you're going to take some hits there. Last year, they essentially had only a, a ability to, to bolster the bullpen, and they certainly did in a in a big way. They were spending a lot of money on those guys. Melanson got $14 million plus, I think it was, on, on his contract, and Will Smith got a bunch as well. So it's just a matter of where you want to put the emphasis. And it also continues to point to the fact that there's a lot of teams, and the Atlanta Braves are one of them, that are still in a bit of financial bind after uh, what happened last year. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I get that, but they spent $11 million on Drew Smiley, and there's relievers <laughs> out there, good relievers that you could have gotten for less than $5 million, So And a good backup catcher for less than $2 million probably, yeah. and th- that, which may, in fact, say how just how little they've got left here. Yeah, So, and that's not a knock on, on Drew Smiley. I think he can be a solid, you know, middle-to-back-of-the-rotation guy, but... Uh, you could have gotten you could have gotten another guy just like that for a lot less and still had some money left over to to get in the bullpen but that's an off season discussion but I, well i want to get into it a little bit more though and Fred and get your your take on it as well because you know what alan's talking about and what i've kind of you know been thinking about myself is that aa's kind of become reactionary with his moves you know the brace bullpen's bad one season okay this off season let's fix the bullpen well, the starting pitching got decimated this season. Okay, this offseason, let's fix the, the starting pitching. He seems to be reactionary instead of, you know, trying to get ahead of this and knowing that you're going to have, you know, you're going to need depth in all areas in order to win a World Series. So to me, just how things have kind of worked out, he seems to be working more reactionary with his moves. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't want to say this the wrong way because I have no idea. I couldn't do his job. I don't want to up front. None of us could do that job because we don't know what's going on. However, Amen. from the, from the outside, <laughs> from the outside, it looks like since his forays into the market in Toronto didn't exactly work, aside from Josh Donaldson, he looks like he's worried about making that big faux pas at a place that can afford it less than the than Toronto could. Uh, Rogers Communications and the Rogers family were putting money into it at the time, and they gave him the go-ahead to do that. And uh, it didn't work exactly like he wanted. They got to the postseason, uh, and they couldn't close the deal. That's not his fault. But Troy Tulowitzki, yeah, that's probably a mistake. David Price didn't work all that well for him. Uh, they gave away a lot of um, – a lot of the future he traded for, uh, um, he, he signed Thor and then traded him to the Mets for our knuckleballing friend. And, and so 
Ari Dickey's a good man, but a man Thor throws Thor throw a ninety-eight. You know, uh, well, I don't want that necessarily. So I I wonder if there's some of that in it. He knows that uh, he could push the Toronto payroll to one hundred seventy-five, hundred eighty million, hundred ninety million, and he knows that the Braves market is not going to hold that because uh, they just ne- they don't generate that kind of local income, and uh, it, it's. You can't keep going in the hole every year. People want to say, well, LMC can throw money in that. Well, no, they can't. They can't keep throwing money in that and losing it every year. They're not going to get it back for 10. And and no individual owner is going to do that either, by the way. So I think that there's part of that. But I also think he's made some judgments based on statistics that I like the Nate Jones things. I, I was good with Jones because they said, well, his spin rate's up. He's looking good. He, he only threw X amount of innings, but, boy, they were good innings. And, and boy, I'd, I would dump him in a minute for a, for a, a good old in-and-out burger. <laughs> I, I think he's um, he's too homer prone. And I noticed that Cam Bedrosian's free agent. And, boy, I'd sure like to have a Cam Bedrosian on the team. Uh, but the depth all the way around. And Smith hasn't been Smith. You know, he just hasn't been – the guy, I don't know that he's any better in the ninth inning than some of the guys we used to have when Bobby was there that let us down. So, I mean, he's good, and then he's just horrid, and his fastball isn't very good. So, I don't know. The depth is, is shaky everywhere, for my opinion, and the bullpen certainly needs to, a good right-handed arm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know how an injury update turned into all that, but certainly that was a, a really good discussion, and I think it speaks to a lot of the frustrations that Braves fans are having early in the season. Uh, but the last last piece of injury news is Ronald Acuna Jr. We're still waiting to see how he feels. I, you know, I have a feeling he could be back this weekend, but as I told Fred before we started recording, that's a little bit of selfishness on my part because I'll be at the games this weekend. So uh, hopefully Ronald is back. But uh, more than anything, you just definitely want to make sure that he is healed up completely before he makes his return. So I wanted to kind of get into uh, the offensive struggles a little bit. And specifically, I want to talk about two guys in the lineup that I think are very key to this offense getting going. Uh, I spoke you know, before the season the idea that either one of Austin Riley or Dansby Swanson had to step up in order for this offense to be a deep lineup and be a very good offense. You know, Obviously, you know, we expect the guys at the top you know, those first four hitters to be really good. But in order for this offense to be elite, I thought that, you know, either Dansby or Riley had to step up, have that big season, and really help this offense in the the middle to back of the lineup. And so far that hasn't happened, although a lot of people are excited about what Riley has done lately. And And I'm excited for the walks. He's getting on base. I mean, he has a 375 on base percentage. He's hitting 250, which is actually one of the better averages on the team right now but I think that's a little bit deceiving he's not making a lot of hard contact right now but uh, Fred I know we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started recording but those two guys specifically they just haven't gotten the job done and we're still it's still early you can still give that excuse for them but you know the bats haven't looked good Swanson, Swanson in particularly is a little concerning to me and I've always been a huge fan of his I mean I, I my bold prediction was he was going to make the all-star team but 
he looks he looks terrible at the plate right now. He just looks completely lost. And um, you know, I, I keep hoping he'll he'll get it together. The Braves certainly need him to. I mean, they don't have anybody else that can can play shortstop to fill in behind him. So you know, the Braves really need to get him going. But Fred, those two guys in particular, Riley and Swanson, have not stepped up like we were hoping. And I think that speaks to a lot of the struggles that this offense is having. Yeah, I think on Swanson's part, sometimes he tries to do more than he needs to do. He he had one time he had stopped swinging for all that all those sliders. In fact, his chase rate uh, his chase rate was was uh, really ninety fourth ninety fourth percentile uh, of all the people out there uh, chasing uh, all the batters out there. The qualified hitters, he was in the ninety fourth percentile, which means he didn't chase very much. But he seems to be looking to do more uh, the more the people around him do less. Uh, Ozzy, for example, uh, the guy I said, like you were up for Swanson, I really wanted Ozzy to make his mark this year, and he's struggling really badly. Uh, and I think that for on Swanson's behalf, uh, that's part of the issue with him. He just looks like he, to me, he just looks like he's trying to do so much. He hasn't looked that bad at the plate for me since 2018. And uh, I think you can turn that around if somebody sit down and says, look, you, 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 that's not what you do. Get out there and do what you do and let everybody else worry about everybody else. Riley, okay, Riley's home run, I'm really glad he hit it because I know that made him feel good. You could see it when he ran the bases. It, it pumped him up. But Riley's barrel rate is in the 12th percentile. His average exit velocity is in the 8th percentile. That's the wrong end of the level. And, uh, his, you know, he's not, he's walking a lot, yay, and he's not striking out a lot, but he is, he does have a 32%, uh, 32, 32nd percentile whiff rate, which is in the wrong end of the scale. He's not making hard contact, uh, he's, his max exit velocity when he hits it is good, but most of the time he's not hitting it hard. And Riley has to hit the ball hard, uh, to do damage. Because he's not going to beat out many infield singles, uh, Ozuna, uh, but he's not going to beat out many infield signals, mostly because when he hits the ball, the infield is a dribbler. So I worry about Riley's bat because he's not squaring the ball up, and when he does, he's not hitting it that hard. Uh, and that's, uh, that's really, uh, fairly, fairly easy to see. Ozzy's is bad. Ozzy's not, in, not, he's in the 25th percentile for barrels. But that's twice as good as Riley, and that ain't good. I mean, yeah. that's still not good. Uh, so um, I, I want Riley to, be, I want him to be the guy, but he 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 just doesn't. He looks so uncertain. He looks like everybody's told him all these things, and he just can't decide which one's the right one to do. You gotta wonder if he's getting in his head. I've talked about it before. It's like he doesn't know what kind of hitter he wants to be, and it's like he's stuck in between. Is he gonna be the guy? You know, that hits, tries to hit 260 and, uh, have a, a 350 on base, or is he gonna, the guy that's gonna hit 30, 40 home runs and maybe have a lower average? I feel like he's stuck in between. He doesn't know what type of hitter he wants to be. And the Braves need him to be that 30 home run bat. I mean, that's apparent to me. Um, you know, I don't care if he hits. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't care if he hits 240, 230, as long as he hits 30 home runs. I mean, that's what, that's what the Braves need him to be. So, I don't know. To me, when I watch him, like I said, it just, Alan, it doesn't seem like he knows what he wants to be in that box right now. He's stuck in between. 
He's got the weirdest stat line I think I've ever seen here. He's walking 11% of the time. That's good. He's striking out 20.3% of the time. That's actually not bad. His ISO power, 0.58. His exit velocity, you know, Fred mentioned percentiles. It's five miles per hour lower than the next best position player right now. It's it's that bad. It's 84.7 miles an hour. And that speaks to the fact that he's got a 250 average because he's hit a couple of dribblers behind first base. Uh, I, I like the fact that he seems to be sending balls toward right field, but I don't know that it's working for him. I mean, when he was hitting bombs um, the last couple of years, they were going to left field. Maybe they've gotten to him and decided that going all out to, to be a pull hitter is too much for him, but it, it may have messed him up in the process. I, I really don't get what he's doing and uh, see, and I don't know that he gets it either for that matter, because uh, whatever he's doing is not working. As far as Dansby goes, he's actually looking better on the stat line than, than Marcel right now uh, in, in most respects. Dansby is striking out almost a third of the time, though, and that's easily the worst on the team. Marcel's at 29%, and neither one of them are really doing the kind of thing you'd expect. You know, Fred, you mentioned something about Dansby trying to do too much. I, I kind of I was thinking about that when you said it, and I, I kind of wonder if he's looking behind him in the lineup and, and the guys on deck and in the hole, and it's like, well, gee, if I don't do something big here, nobody's going to do something, and and then trying to do too much and, and getting nothing for it. it. It seems like he and those guys at the bottom of the lineup are realizing that they're the black hole, and, he, and Dansby's the one that's trying to do something about it. He at least has an exit velocity of 90 miles an hour, so when he hits the ball, he hits it solid, but he's not getting rewarded for it. Still, he's got too much of a whiff rate, and that's... Uh, that's clearly hurting him, especially in the last week or so. It's it's if not I, very if, good at if all. I can jump on that. I yeah. think that if you, you look at the guys at the bottom of the lineup that have been producing, Heredia, Sandoval, Adrianza, those are the guys who know they're they're playing for next year. They're just going out and having fun because they're not supposed to be starting. Right. They're yeah. supposed to be the guys on the bench, and when they get out there, they just give it hell. I mean, uh, when, when Snicker told Heredia he wanted him to swing more, man comes up and, man comes up and drops two bombs on him the next night. Okay. Because, hey, the boss says, swing away. I'm going to swing. And by golly, he did. And I think there's a, they don't feel the pressure that, that Ozzy and Dansby are feeling right now because they know that they've done better and can do better. And uh, I, I think you hit that. That's the, that is an excellent point that that these guys that did better in 2018, 2019, uh, and they look around them and they say, "Oh my gosh, you know, well, Marcel's not hitting, and and Riley's not found his stroke yet, and Darno he can't be. A, he's good, but he can't catch every day. And we got to do something. And it's just, you know, do what you can do, and let the rest of them do what they do, and hope it works out because it's not your job to fix them. Um, but they just. Uh, Dansby's a smart baseball guy. Ozzy's sharp, and they look out there and they say, "Man, I got to raise this. I got to raise my game. Yeah. I got to raise my game." And the more you do that, the worse it gets. Yeah, I think so. You got you mentioned the guys that are the pinch hitters and, and bench guys uh, getting out there and getting their hits. They're playing with house money. I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that they got a job is a plus. So yeah, that that 
rings true to me too. Is is that uh, their every swing they get is is a gift, <laughs> and they might as well take advantage of it. So, yeah, they're they're playing with no pressure. The rest of the guys, big pressure. Yeah, no, it's crazy to think. You know, we the biggest concern coming into the season for a lot of us was the bench, and I don't know where we'd be without <laughs> the bench right now, without Pablo, without Adrianza. You know, them and, and Acuna and Freddie, to some degree, have been pretty much the offense this year. And, and I look at Freddie's stat line, too. He's walked 16 times this year uh, and only struck out eight. But it tells you that pitchers know the rest of the Braves' offense is struggling, too. And especially without Acuna in the lineup, teams just aren't pitching to Freddie. And they're um, not scared of Ozuna. No, that's what, yeah, nope. that's what I'm saying. They, they know how bad the rest of the lineup behind him is. So why would you pitch to the NL MVP? So, and Brady's good. He's going to take his walks. I mean, um, you know, Dansby and, and Riley should kind of learn from that to take what the team is giving you. And Riley's taking his walks. He's done a good job there, but you know, Freddie's not trying to do too much. He's, he's taking his walks. He's, you know, doing what he, he has to do knowing that he doesn't have any protection behind him in the lineup, which is, just kind of sad to see, but, uh, you know, Marcel will get it going. I believe that he's kind of a slow starter, even started slow last year for the Braves. And I uh, got to remember, you know, we're only three weeks into this season right now, but certainly we love to see see them get going. Uh, somebody else I didn't mention as far as injury wise is Christian Pache. We were talking about that bottom of the lineup. It sounds like he's back to normal activities. So, uh, and just working things out at the alt, alt site. So, you know, he can be back soon as well. I don't really know exactly what that does for the offense, but just thought I would mention it as we were doing Would you bring him back or would you play Heredia? I'd play Heredia. Yeah, I, I would too, just because of the start that Pache had, and you kind of have a built-in excuse to leave him down there and let him continue to get healthy. You know, if, I, I worried earlier before the season if he struggled like he has and then demoting him, what he does, what that kind of does to his confidence a little bit, but and now that you had an injury, you kind of have a, a built-in excuse to send him down, l- allow him to get healthy, and work on his swing a little bit, you know, work on the things that he saw while he was up here. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's the way I would do it. And, you know, you got the AAA season starting here pretty soon where he can get some at-bats and work on some things. So I certainly wouldn't rush it. Um, but I, I do think he comes back and comes back fairly soon just because of what he gives you defensively and because I really want to see Ronnie stay in right field. Um, so I think he does come back eventually, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves slow play that one a little bit. Next, we'll kind of preview the upcoming series for the Braves. They got the Diamondbacks this weekend. Um, like I said, I'll be I'll be at the Friday night game uh, for this series, so looking forward to that. It looks like it's going to be a little chilly, uh, but Waskar Enoa is pitching on Friday against Luke Weaver, and then on Saturday you got Drew Smiley returning from the IL facing off against Madison Bumgarner in in his 8.68 ERA. Uh, Alan, that could be a game for the Braves. He'll shut us out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably what will happen. But with all the righties that the Braves have, that could be a, a good chance for them to to get going, Alan, against somebody like Mad Bum, who has certainly struggled since putting on that Diamondbacks uniform. Yeah, though we're hitting the Diamondbacks at the wrong time since they've yeah, now won four in a row. <laughs> I think they scored like 14 on Thursday or something. So. Four hour yeah, they, 42 minute game though. 
Yeah. <laughs> 14 pitchers. Yeah. Well, they, they pretty much destroyed Cincinnati, um, took them out of first place. And you, you got to wonder if a team comes in with some momentum, what they're going to do, because it, now it becomes unpredictable. The Diamondbacks are still 9 and 10, and they should be beatable. But I have no idea what we're going to get out of this series, i got to admit, because you, you don't know who's going to be fully healthy. You don't know how the the Braves are going to react to uh, who they've got on the field. You don't know what this Arizona team is thinking uh, now that they've, they've gotten away from the Dodgers and Padres and, and don't have to, to worry about those guys for a while. Um, heck, the trip east is probably good for them. So I I, I do worry about teams like this, but... Hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I really don't know what else to say there. Yeah, no, it, it is going to be interesting. And, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, Alan. Don't know what to expect. I mean, we have Enoa Smiley and Bryce Wilson on the mound. So certainly not what you would have imagined going into the season. Uh, but it's still a winnable series, like you said. And, and I wrote about this on Thursday. The Braves have the opportunity with the schedule the rest of April to finish the month off strong. Uh, Fred, they got three with Arizona at home and then four with the Cubs, which the Cubs offense is starting to break out a little bit as well, which is kind of scary. And then they end the, the, the month against Toronto in Dun- Dunedin, Florida. But some winnable games here for the Braves, Fred, to hopefully finish off this month strong and, and hopefully get a winning record out of April. Yeah, I, the Diamondbacks used a ton of pitchers today, and <clears throat> I don't think that uh, they want to get into their bullpen at all. Now, they, Weaver's probably the best they can throw at us right now, judging by who's on the list throw at us. I, if you can get into their bullpen early on Friday, uh, then you can set the tone for the weekend and get a couple of games out of that real quick. But if they get into our bullpen early on Friday, they can do the same thing. I just I don't want to be negative about this, but I'm trying to be realistic about that. They used everything in their arsenal today in a four-hour and 24-minute game yeah, that was apparently one in the tenth inning, triple and a three-run home run or something. And but still, that and that lifts them up. But they still had to use all those pitchers and go just every pitcher they had in eight relievers or seven starters and a reliever or started seven relievers. Their bullpen's going to be tired, and they can't just call anybody up. They got the all the uh, taxi squad, but that's about it. We've had a day off. Hopefully, we're rested. Uh, because, uh, that's good. And if Ronnie comes back at the top of the lineup, he, he makes it, he makes a ton of difference up there because they can't get around Ronnie because Freddie's behind him. Uh, so if those two can do damage, uh, and maybe we can get Darno, uh, some new legs or something for, for, for him hitting the four spot, uh, we'll be all right. I, I, you know, I think we can take a pair from this series. I think we can beat Bumgarner, but we got to get in the bullpen to do it. The rest of the month is the same way with the Cubs. You've got to get in the Cubs' bullpen. You can't let Trevor Williams beat you uh, again. I mean, geez. And uh, <laughs> I really I really don't know how we let that happen. But, yeah, we could be, we could come out of this month pretty good considering what the way it's been and all the injuries we have. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Jake, the, I, yeah. I think you're going to end up with some uh, fun, fun run scoring tomorrow perhaps. Uh, note that Arizona is one of three teams that scored 100 runs, but they've also – given up 103 they're the only team that's that's done that in triple digits so uh look out for all the pitchers their yeah. <laughs> damage control is going to be at a premium 
So you're telling me if I want to keep my two year old up for the fireworks on Friday night, it's going to be a going to be a late one. Good luck with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah have fun with that. Is mom going along? Because mom's going to tell you we got to go, kids. Yeah. <laughs> No more, no more cotton candy or anything. So, yeah, uh, yeah no, sh- sh- should be fun though. Be excited to get back out to the ballpark. But these are, these are, like I said, these are games the Braves you would think coming in the season should win. These are series the Braves should win, but we just don't know. <laughs> we, we, and that that's what's frustrating part of the Braves right now is we, we just we can't figure this team out from day to day. But Alan, that was uh, everything we were going to talk about. I know you were late joining the podcast. Was there anything that you wanted to discuss or mention before we get out of here? Sorry, I bought a new toy and I was playing with it and I lost yes. track of time. Uh, <laughs> um, not, not really. I was the only other thing I was thinking of uh, earlier today was the fact that uh, there have been some things that we've been right about and there's some things that I know I've been wrong about. And Christian Pache was one of those in that I figured that there's no way he could do any worse than enter Inciarte <laughs> on the offensive side, and somehow he's managed to do that. So yeah, I, I kind of with Fred in that uh, I like this idea idea of uh, keeping him down at the uh, training site to see if we can get his stroke back, get his confidence back, and then see if we can uh, unleash him at that point. But uh, my my concern is that Heredia, you know, was not a starter for a reason, and he'll be exposed if we uh, leave him out there too long. But while he's going, hey, let's go with a hot hand. I mean, that, I've heard that from too many managers, but... <laughs> Yeah, it, it may work in this case. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, let let it ride. I'm certainly a believer in that as well. And let Pache continue to, to heal up and work on some things. I think that's the right way to go with it. You mentioned Ender. I didn't want to get out of here before uh, we do talk about it. Just really heartbreaking to see him get injured again, especially when he was he's been playing pretty well for the Braves. Uh, this year, uh, I mean, you could see him tears just going in the dugout, really just heartbreaking. I know, you know, Braves country has had their battles with, with Ender, especially and me and myself. I've had a love hate relationship with him, but certainly, you know, we all, we wish the best for all of these players and want to see them stay healthy and want to see them perform to their capabilities. So just really sad to see Ender go down again. Uh, with that leg injury. I haven't really heard too much about it since then, but it certainly didn't look good. Ender, you know, obviously was very upset about it. So uh, I'm expecting pretty bad news on him. So uh, just again, hate to see that for Ender and hate to end this, this podcast on kind of a, a sour note, but there's been a lot of, a lot of injuries for the Braves, unfortunately, uh, to start this season, but hopefully the Braves are getting those injuries out of the way. They'll be free selling. Uh, from here on out once everybody comes back. Uh, and hopefully they can, Braves can finish off this month strong. Like I said, they, I think they have the opportunity to do so. If they could finish April with a winning record with the way things have gone, I think that would be a pretty great accomplishment. Uh, but that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Make sure that you go to TomahawkTake.com website to check out all of our articles on there. You can read articles from me and Alan and Fred and a lot of other great writers at TomahawkTake.com. And make sure you subscribe to the Tomahawk Take podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. This has been the Coming Up With Explanations edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast, which is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants because Minute Media has pretty much washed their hands on the whole affair. All rights reserved. 
Two of the musical selections used today come to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. These were pieces by Kevin McLeod entitled Batty McFadden and Open Those Bright Eyes. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by TomHawkDick.com. Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and we hope that your therapy rabbits are perhaps a little easier to carry around than maybe some others we've seen lately. Hopefully, you'll let us go another inning next time around. We'll see you all then. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth. So you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money.